I need to know everything Who and the what and the where I need everything Trust me, I hear what you're saying But act like it's new what you're telling me I'm curious, George I hop in the Porsche There's five and a horse I'm ready for war I'm coming for throws To turn to a ghost I need to know everything Now you'll be surprised At the info you get Is by letting them talk Hey everyone I'm Ashley Asty, And I'm curious Aren't you? I'm Curious Podcast Brings the unfamiliar closer I'm telling stories and sharing conversations with people who remind us that love demands we move toward justice and that we're all connected. This opening music is called Curious George by Nate Rose. All right, let's get to it. I'm ready for smoke. I need to know everything. Who and the what and the where I need everything. Trust me, I hear what you're saying, but I like it's new what you're telling me. I'm curious, George. I hop in the Porsche, there's five and a horse. I'm ready for war. I'm coming for throws to turn to a ghost. I need to know everything. Now they ain't go harder than me. My friend Denise is back on the show for the second time. She and I had been emailing and she was talking about this moment she's in in her life, redefining the dream, making choices about what the next chapter should look like. And as we were going back and forth, I was feeling invigorated and inspired and interested. And I was like, we should talk about this. Come on the show. Come back. So I'm grateful that she has chosen to join me again. I was listening back to this episode this morning, and it had me feeling this carpe diem sensation of just, you know, life passes you by if you don't go out and, and seize it. Because in our conversation, we talk about time and urgency and purpose and the regrets of people who are on their deathbed in those final moments. And I think perhaps most importantly, after these two years of pandemic and isolation, we talk about joy, (laughs) how joy is fundamental to shaking off the cobwebs and the stagnancy, that pleasure is part of our birthright. Denise, who's the founder of The Grateful Messenger, is a psychic medium, and she's known that she's been intuitive since she was, or highly sensitive since she was very young. She's able to connect with the energies present in a person's life as well as those in spirit. She is a gifted reader, intuitive reader, clairvoyant. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I've gotten many readings from her over the years, and I always teach she's dead on with the energy, pun intended. She describes herself as an empath, deeply feeling the emotions and even sometimes the physical symptoms a person might be experiencing. And, you know, she also has this whole other life, this other career she lived as a special education teacher for many years. She just has this natural compassion and awareness, and she's so much fun. She's also the co-host of the Enlightened Empaths podcast, and I have actually was her very first guest on that show, but since then, a few years ago now, gosh, it's just been a, a joy to get to watch or witness that show blossom and just really take off and have all these followers and people who are engaged in amazing conversations and surprising and connected to spirit. So I absolutely suggest you check out Enlightened Empaths podcast. But I don't want to keep you any longer from Denise's energy and the insightfulness of what she shares. So without further ado, let's dive in. I guess I want to start by talking about something that I've been thinking about. And I know 
perhaps tonight, and we don't really know where this will end up, but we might want to explore time and purpose. And the other day I was talking to my friend Artie and Artie spent 21 years in prison. And at first he thought he was going to be there for life. He was sentenced to life. And so now every time I talk to him and, and I have a, a friend who is in a similar situation to another friend, every time I talk to them, there's, they have such a heightened awareness of the gift of time. And they are curious and almost like put their ego out of the way and just want to learn because they they understand that this is a gift that they didn't expect they'd have and that time is finite and therefore it sort of heightens this sense of purpose. And so every time I'm in their presence, I always think like, oh my God, like I feel reinvigorated because I don't always carry that sense of time into my day or my life or that sense of gratitude. And so I just kind of wanted to, to start there by bringing that up. And I'm curious, uh, I guess, yeah, where are you at this point in your life? It's, it's a Friday evening in February. Like, how are you feeling about your sense of your time on this earth? The big question to start with. Well, it is a big question because part of it, and when you were speaking of your friends who were incarcerated and then suddenly were gifted back their time, one of the things that seems really prevalent for a lot of us right now is we, we talk a lot about it. We read a lot about it of being present in the moment, of truly being present in our physical body, in our emotional state, in our spiritual spectrum, whatever that might look like. But I think when you actually start to apply that, it changes your, your relationship with time prior the last during the pandemic, but also during the past couple of years, people have had this sense of urgency. I need to make the most of my time. Put me in the, point me in the right direction. What do I need to do next? Almost a sense of um, we're going to run out. We need to keep going. And I feel that shifting a little bit with people saying, I want to make the most of where I am here and now and let it unfold. So kind of a redefining spot. Yeah. You had said that to me recently. You talked about redefining the dream at this moment in your life. Tell me more of what that means. Well, I think that so many of us are feeling that. We may have manifested uh, the, the perfect job, the lifestyle, the home, or we've been working towards that and it hasn't come to fruition. And now we're a lot of folks, myself included, and, and people that I'm blessed to talk with are saying, I got there. I found what I was looking for. I did it. But now I need to do something that truly aligns more fully with my, my purpose, my soul work, my light. And not in an airy-fairy woo-woo way, but more, I had this weird thing happen right before, you know, the holiday season was I woke up and I thought, oh, they're calling in our tickets. And I thought, what does that even, you know, what does that even mean? But I think so many of us, whether it's conscious or not, we contracted to come and help with this transition the world is going through. And now spirit in the universe is saying, okay, you agreed to come here and help. It's time to step up. So I think that ties in with this concept of time and urgency and wanting to step as fully as possible into our truth, whatever that looks for, like for each of us as an individual. How, how do we start waking up to that awareness that there is this urgency, that there is a deeper purpose. I feel like 
perhaps sometimes we're just walking through our lives and don't even realize it. How do we start noticing it? I think, and, and, you know, whether it's true or not with age comes wisdom, but mm-hmm. when I, I think what's beautiful is so many people really are already stepping into their truth and they're knowing by expressing who they really are mm-hmm. or standing up for what they believe on a core level or not being willing to bend to fit the system just because that's the expectation. Mm -hmm. So I think that we are starting to do that. Part of it is, uh, you know, that's another one of those overused terms. Oh, self-love, self-acceptance, you Mm -hmm. just be, but when you really start to go deep with that, when you can get to the place where you, this is who I am, you get me or you don't, I think that opens the door a little bit to allow that truth and the path to appear more clearly. I feel like so many of us are hungry for that. We're often in this like surface society that's promoting other things. Or you talked about people getting to that place of almost success, that all the things that they wanted and then suddenly realizing that there's a gap and that there's that they need to fill with a, a sense of purpose that wasn't part of the original vision. You speak to so many people who are often seeking and coming to you for guidance and to understand their paths. Do you find that hunger? Yes. Yes. And we've, we've chatted about this before, Ashley, that it fascinates me to no end how we're all tapping into that collective energy. Mm-hmm. Why are you and I having this other people that we're both speaking with? People want to, my own personal opinion, I think people are trying to find a way to break free from the polarity. People don't want to align with one side or the other, and they want to step into their individuality. And Mm -hmm. I think that's the key. I think as we step more into who we are as an individual, it will help heal the collective and we can come together more as a society and a culture. Mm, Yeah. When we step into who we are and why we were put here, that's going to help us heal because we're we're here for a reason. Actually, I I opened up Instagram the other day and the first thing that came to me was a a quote from James Baldwin was the top post. And it just like stuck with me. And I actually, I wrote it down because I wanted to share it with you and just see what it sparks in you or how you respond to it. So James Baldwin wrote, you have to go the way your blood beats. If you don't live the only life you have, you won't live some other life. You won't live any life at all. Oh, Oh, I mean, how is that not the most beautiful thing? (laughs) I mean, truly, because that's exactly what we're talking about. And what's interesting is when I talk to people who may be in their fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh decade on the planet, and they're still making, okay, the case in point is I talked with a woman quite a while ago now. And she was older. She was in her mid to late 80s. And we did a a reading and she came back and she said, Denise, after I spoke with you, I went to counseling for the first time in my life. Mm -hmm. And she said, we honor some things and I was able to forgive some things that I've carried with me for 87 years. Mm -hmm. And I thought it just every time I think of that, I think, it's never too late. It's never too late to release, to become. And I think that's another whole part of of where we are in order to step into our truth and our path, we have to release and relinquish who we used to be so Mm. we can step into who we're becoming. I wanted to ask you about that 
it's sort of been coming up for me a lot lately, particularly today, just the energy today. I was telling someone I'm in, the, and I'm in a daring mood. I, uh, <laughs> wanting, yeah, yeah, I just, you and I have talked about shaking off the stagnancy and me realizing certain patterns that I repeat in my life, whether I'm lingering over a decision and being indecisive about it or, or letting uh, fear kind of like I'm weighing all the options and what's the practical choice. And today I was like, I don't want to be practical, <laughs> but I, I feel like there, how do we, like, how do we break those patterns? How do we start recognizing them and then realizing it's time to shake them off and to have the courage to shake them off? I think the answer is fun. Mm. Whatever your version of fun is, for some people, it will be you know, dancing without any hesitation or limitations. Other people, their fun might be a cruise or a hike or a, a big event. But it, I think that's this time that we've all been through globally the last couple of years has helped us to say, what's really important in my life? What do I need to do to bring joy and what do I need to do? Because I, I've said this to you before, is that I really do believe in my heart that anything each of us can do individually to raise our vibration is going to help someone else raise theirs. And mm. that's a big part of this healing that we're all trying to step into. But, but when we are true to who we are, when we start to enjoy life and find the humor in it again, I think that's a nice first step, don't mm. you? Yeah, I, I teach yoga or chair yoga, well, both types of yoga, but one of them is chair yoga on the weekends to people in their 60s, 70s and beyond. And I, one of the lessons that I've gotten from two years of doing that is we go and we just laugh. I feel like when I'm in their presence, rather than having this like set idea of what yoga is supposed to be, we just set ourselves free and it's exploration and play. And so you're, you're making me think that, yeah, I think why I come so alive in those moments when I'm in, in those classes with them is it's just, it's play. We're having mm -hmm. fun. So, and I think it's a collective experience. And so we all feed off of each other. And by the end, it's not just, we feel good because we moved our bodies, but we feel good because we uh, unleashed ourselves. Oh, exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. Perfectly said. <laughs> well, <thank laughs> no, truly. No, because it, it, it is. And I think there has been a lot of, uh, again, personal opinion that Sometimes we may have followed what we thought we were supposed to do. And that's a sign that comes up a lot lately. And when I'm talking with people is I'll see them throwing life rings, throwing lifelines, taking care of, nurturing. And then I'll see spirit escorting someone in a long line to the front line and saying, but what do you really want for you? And mm -hmm. what I'm finding is so many people don't know. They really don't know what they want or where they're supposed to go because their whole lives have been devoted to well, this person expects this of me or my job expects that or my, my culture and society expects that. And now we're all being nudged a little bit to say, and it's not selfish or self-centered or, or any of those things. It's more when you really put your hand on your heart chakra and you say, what do I really want? If you're having a hard time finding that answer, maybe that's a good, good place to start. Take me into that a little bit more. You said when you're, if you're having a hard time finding the answer, what do you do? Well, personally, I journal, I walk in nature, sometimes I'll do a shamanic journey work, I will overanalyze things until I drive myself crazy. <laughs> I'm really good that. at that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I saw this, I think it was 
uh, Sonia Chiquette, and she said, when you can't get clarity in your cognitive, if you can't make a decision, you're, you're all flustered. She said, put one hand on, on your solar plexus, put one, the other hand on your heart, breathe deeply into your solar plexus, breathe deeply into your heart, and then ask your question. She said, because then you're going to answer from your, your intuition and your heart, not from your, your head and your logic. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of this as well is we're trying to integrate both sides, both hemispheres. We're, we're trying to say, how can I nurture that intuitive, empathic, sensitive, creative side of me with that linear, sequential, logical, goal-oriented side? What it, it sounds like the body is involved in some of that. If I, and maybe that's also why, to use a personal example again, why I'm drawn to yoga is there's a, a freedom or a surrendering of what doesn't serve me or what's inauthentic to me when I'm tuned into my body. And by actually moving my body with my breath, I have to pay attention. Or when you said putting your hands on your body, you know, spirit in some, you know, when it's talked about sometimes it's sort of like, you know, you're not your body, but I feel like there's a link in order to tap into your intuition. You have to sometimes go through the body? Do you feel that? I think a hundred percent. And especially as an intuitive and a sensitive, a lot of times my body is a beautiful, beautiful barometer Mm. of picking up on energy. And then I think, well, we're carbon based for a reason. If we're in this realm and on this planet and we're in this physical body, we should enjoy them. Mm. We should savor having this experience being able to move and dance and eat delicious food and have in- intimacy with people. And if, if that's not available in other realms we may be in, wow, we really need to make the most of it here. I love that the sense of pleasure and almost honoring the creator by taking pleasure in its creations. Yes, because so many people, myself included, have been conditioned or have followed the, I always say drank the Kool-Aid to think Mm -hmm. that we can't celebrate being physical. We have to limit our calories or we have to work our bodies to the point where it's uncomfortable or we have to, but when you really think about how amazing it is that we're having this experience, and especially if, if you talk with people who may not have a, a level of health that they used to have, or they may have physical limitations that are keeping them from fully embracing range of motion or or mobility, it makes you realize how important and vital it is and and what a beautiful gift it is. You're making me think of also how I sometimes try to contain my physicality, like try to either tense up my body or just hold it in ways that keep me small or because there's almost this sense of it's very powerful if I'm open it's very powerful if I'm relaxed and open it's very you know there's a a powerful sense to our physical presence and then I'm I'm constantly trying to like mute it down because I think oh it'll be too large right right and and doesn't that go with the self-acceptance part when you feel comfortable in your own shell you're Mm -hmm. able to exude that into other aspects of your life Hmm. And to but know I, that's not a threat to someone else, to for me to be in my authenticity and my power, that it's, I think, actually more inviting. Oh, exactly. And 
instead of keeping yourself small. So if if we're going back to talking about stepping into our, our power, our light, our purpose, another part of that is fully stepping into that power, which does include the, the physical body and, and being comfortable with that. Because I think when I was talking earlier about spirit leading people to the front of the line and saying, what do you really want? So many keep, we do keep ourselves small or we hesitate or we may think, oh, I have imposter syndrome or I'm not enough or I'm too much. And when you really step back, we would never, ever want anyone else to feel that way. So why do we do it to ourselves so much? Mm. Yeah. (laughs) And this is, I feel like you said we're sort of on this collective plane of starting to feel this and realize this and want to shift in that. And it's even coming through, like for me in my dreams at night, I had a dream the other night that was so sensual. Like I could taste, I could smell, I could touch everything that I saw. Like it was just so vibrant and vivid and alive. And I feel like it's just this calling from the universe. Like you're saying to embrace this pleasure, to embrace this joy. Yes. Oh, that is beautiful. And it's so true. Because if you could have that in when dreams, you know, you're in another realm of consciousness, and you could apply that to your physical life and truly enjoy it, enjoy the, and you do, I've been blessed to take a yoga class with you. And you can tell that you are so in your zone when you're doing that. It's, Mm -hmm. it's fun. It's connected. It's, you are stepping more into your power and Oh my goodness, if you applied that to all aspects of your life, wow, you'd be a force to be reckoned with, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I gotta gotta take that to heart. Um, You know, I I want to pick up on something else you had said earlier too. I'd asked you if you're in that place of uncertainty and you just don't have the answer, what might you do? And you tease that you might overthink or you might journal. And one of the things is you said, take a walk in nature. Mm -hmm. Talk about the power of nature. I feel like there's something that is fundamentally grounding and I don't even have the language to describe it's something that happens when you are truly present in nature. It's amazing. And I, I truly believe everything. Well, this is just science. Everything is matter. Everything has energy and frequency. We know that. But when you really start to, and I'm a big fan of going alone into nature or with a dog, I don't need to go in a big tour group. Because there's a a quiet, there's a peace. It helps with you um, to become more attuned with, you know, you you hear the birds, you hear the rustling, you smell things, you you really become so present and aware. And Mm -hmm. I think you're able to take that, but it also is so calming and restorative. Mm -hmm. So where I'm staying right now, there's a 300-year-old oak tree. And it you you can feel there's for, for me personally there was a, a sense of reverence with this tree because it was so majestic so i went over and put, put my hands on it and i felt this beautiful connection of energy with that tree and with that you know and i thought and i got a spontaneous message that was very empowering so i think when we start to spend more time with nature and if you're in a city you can you can have plants on your balcony or you can go to the park or, but I do think that so many of us are being called back to reconnect with that earth energy, to reconnect with, we all have that in our DNA, that connection to the earth. And when we do this work for ourselves, our own healing, I think that it does help 
heal uh, the earth as well. When we first got on this call, you had this beautiful background behind you of like trees. And I'm like, where are you? And you said you've been in your RV traveling for the past seven weeks, visiting different parks. Have there been any personal revelations or revelations for the collective that you've had with this deep time with nature? Yes. And especially traveling alone, it's a different experience because you you have time, if you're driving for a long time, you have a lot of time to think. Uh, and I, I'm not constantly listening to podcasts or news or anything like that. It's more a time. I, I embarked on this winter with this, uh, I need to reset. I need to hit the reset button and make some choices about what the next chapters look like. And I think that so many of us are feeling that right now. And when we are able to get clear and be honest, brutally honest with ourselves, with what's working, what's not. And this is kind of a, a personal thing, but on the last, not this full moon that we just had, but prior about a month ago, I had a fire and, and I, I'm camping. So I had a fire and I asked, what can I release and relinquish? Mm -hmm. And I wrote the word shame and I didn't expect to write that, but it came out of my pen and I sat there and I thought, and I just kept writing and burning and writing and burning. And as I realized I was having memories of why does that hold a shame pattern for me? Or why does that hold, why is that still holding me hostage on some level? But then as I sat there and, and released this, I realized it was even more so on an ancestral level that mm -hmm. so many of the people in our ancestral lines may not have been able to find or use their voice. And for many, we're doing that work now, which is sending that healing back. But when you think about stepping into your power, your truth, your light, and that you're also help heal your lineage, because if you look back even just a couple generations, it was such a different world, but people couldn't speak their truth with such clarity and conviction. So maybe that's part of the step is this healing that's happening. Yeah, I got this like chills feeling when you said shame, because I think it's deeply rooted in so many of us. And also like I was teasing, I'm in a, a daring mood today. And I, I feel like that energy of wanting to break the mold in my own life, it, it has connection to, like you said, it's going to heal something beyond me. Like it's breaking a cycle that's more than me. And that's why I think the energy feels so potent around it, but it, it made me think because we're talking about nature. Um, a, a couple months ago, my, my my beloved uncle passed away. And I remember the next day, I I took my mom and I said, we have to go into the woods. <laughs> and mm -hmm. she really loves nature, but she was hesitant. I'm like, no, no, no I, I'm, I insist we have to be there. And I didn't know why I felt so called to be there. But I feel like not only all the things that we spoke about earlier about nature being just grounded and just you tune in and it's peaceful but it tends at least to me to carry the spirit of the past there too of like all energies all existence can be held there yes and each i mean you're drawn to the different energies and if you get into any uh spirit of the trees or the land or the water or everything having energy you'll feel those frequencies, you'll feel those vibrations, and they'll draw you where you need to go. 
Mm. And as far as animals coming as signs, and I've had a lot of dreams lately where animals are coming into my dreams. And what I love is when we, uh, when one of the last places I was in, there was a little armadillo and it kept walking into my campsite and the dog and I would sit and watch the armadillo. But then I looked up the armadillo and it was about setting boundaries, holding your convictions. And I thought, oh my goodness, this is exactly spot on with where I am and what I'm working through right now. And when you think about it, how do, are they directed to come to us? Are we just open to that energy? How do they come through with that message? Because they are always so spot on. Mm, yes. Oh, that's so true. And you're, you're making me think about, you, you said setting boundaries and earlier you were talking about the choices that you want to make around your next chapter. And I feel like stepping into freedom is not about this complete, like untamed, no restrictions, like, I don't know, free for all, that there are almost parameters that perhaps need to be set in order for us to bloom, but our own parameters. It, I don't know if I'm, I'm right at all. No, no that, that is exactly, exactly what I'm feeling and what so many other people are feeling. It's not, I'm going to sell everything I own and, you know, live a, a monastic lifestyle. <laughs> if that's your choice, that's great. But it's more about how, what do I need to release in my life? What do I need to embrace in my life? to truly enjoy being here, to truly, and a lot of times I'll, as the sign from spirit, I'll see a thumbprint, I'll see someone hold up their thumb, which is always my sign for stepping into your unique energy. And when you apply your own unique energy to what you came to do, because I do think that everyone has a, a certain reason they're here, and we may not see it, or we may not understand it. The, the folks that you mentioned earlier that had that part of their life taken away from them through incarceration. What in dear God life lessons were involved in that, but it was part of their path and now they can help other people through that experience. And maybe that's not the best example, but I do think as we accept and realize that no one can do it quite the way you can do it. And it doesn't matter what it is. It, it really doesn't matter. It might be for you, you are incredibly articulate and a, a profoundly gifted writer. And I don't say that lightly, and I'm not saying it from an egoic point. Someone else may, may express their life through interpretive dance or through building a house or through sustainable gardening, or it doesn't, it really doesn't matter. Mm. Do you agree that if you really step into what brings me joy, what do I love? What do I, and then that flips it back to, but I have to make a living and I have to provide and I have to, and I'm not discounting that because that's part of being here as well. Yeah. I'm just, I'm pausing for a moment. I'm like, there's so much that came up for me when you were saying all of that, like, where, where do I take it? Um, I think there's this, when you talked about like only you can do what you're here to do, that feels empowering to me, a reminder of like our individual worth. I think for a, a lot of my life, and I'm probably not alone, struggling with like really knowing my worth or, you know, I could say it or intellectually get it, but that we, we are, we are all innately and inherently worthy and we don't have to prove ourselves in order to know that we're worthy. Exactly. Oh my goodness. That is so perfectly said because 
but we've been conditioned on many be the the best at this or reach the highest accolades or do and that's why i absolutely love the younger generations is because you the the rules are shifting the the outlook of you may not need to follow that same path and lock into it for the next 40 50 years of your life there's more freedom with where we are on the planet right now to grow and evolve and you may do something for 5 years and then 10 years or but it's this, it's a much smoother time to go from one thing to the next and follow those stepping stones that are being put out to say okay i've learned this i've experienced this can i gain anything else from from being here or doing this and if your answer is no that goes back to redefining the dream it doesn't matter if everybody else thinks you're living the dream if it doesn't feel that way to you mm. <laughs> yes oh that's so true and i i like that you said stepping stones. I feel that in my life that I've chosen or found myself, not chosen, I found myself in places that I didn't expect and perhaps didn't even ask for. And so in some capacity, it feels in some way, it feels like constraint. Like this is, this is, Mm -hmm. I want to break out of this. This is not what I wanted. And yet when I've made these stepping stones by really listening and tuning in, even though there's uncertainty around it, it's not quite what I pictured. I find that within them, there's far more room to breathe and bloom than I had thought before. And and I guess that makes me wonder that you talked about redefining the dream and that our dreams can shift over time. And so we can find ourselves, I feel like in places and seasons that don't always match where we thought we'd be. And yet regardless, the universe, even in those moments, is still asking us to show up here too, to live out our mission here too. Can you speak to that at all? Yes. And one of the things I had, I get a lot of information downloads, whatever, first thing in the morning when I'm first waking up. And I was thinking about my mother's end of life, my grandmother's end of life, again, that ancestral thing, which is common if you're in Act 3, you you think about that a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And, but then I thought, you know, we're all making very definitive decisions about how we're choosing to live our life. And at first, again, I thought it was because I'm older. I thought, well, I want to make the most of this. I don't want to wake up one day and say, why didn't I do it? Well, I still could. Mm -hmm. But then I realized that's a pervasive energy for a lot of people right now. And that's a good question to ask yourself sometime. Is this the thing I would regret if I don't, if I don't do this, At the end of life, when I look back, will this be the one thing that I'll say, why didn't I give it a shot? Why didn't I give it a try? Mm. Because from, you know, end of life and you you talk to people who are passing or people who, who are in spirit and they never, they don't regret the the, the people very rarely. But when you do, I, I was at someone's passing and this woman was really struggling to uh, to leave, to transition. Mm-hmm. And her family was there and I was just kind of holding space with the family. And she just whispered, she said, it just went by so fast and I didn't realize. Mm-hmm. And that was just, I, it gives me willies every time, Ashley, because the look on her face was like, why did I let it matter? The things matter that really didn't. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just need to pause and take that in. Yeah, I had mentioned my uncle before and I was with him a few days before he passed away and his 
passing was sudden. He went to the hospital with shoulder pain and six weeks later, you know, he had a very rare form of cancer he found out and he had passed six weeks later. So it was unexpected for him. Um, and I, as I mean, it is for so many people, but I remember being in his hospital room that day. And I remember being nervous about it as if I had any right to be nervous about needing to what he was going through. And Mm -hmm. I remember just, it was such a profound experience for me because he was in this space of tremendous peace and acceptance. And I thought, oh, I would be angry. I would be this. And he was just, what he was expressing gratitude for and that he couldn't stop expressing his gratitude for was the love that he had. Yes. The people. And it it just, it made me realize like, oh gosh, all these things that so many of us care about at the end of his life, he's not thinking about any of those things. He's thinking about like the relationships that filled him, the people, the, that sense of love. And they, they've had, there's books on this about the regrets of the dying or what people really, and you just nailed it. People talk about relationships. They talk about love. They they don't say, oh, I wish I'd spent more time working at my corporate job. They don't say, I wish that I had bought three more vacation homes. It's more about, and when you get back to it, sometimes I think if we could all just look at the world like a three-year-old, because mm-hmm. they're real, they're true. You know, am I hungry? I eat something. I'm tired. I take a nap. I don't like something. I'm able to express it. They don't hold, they, they're just so genuine and true. And I think we could learn from, well, of course, we have to have some social, <laughs> social cues, but, but truly that sense of self, of who I am is enough, what I'm doing is enough. And when people can pass, as your uncle did, with such a sense of peace, what a beautiful, beautiful marker for a life well lived. Mm, yeah, we, we had been talking about that on like the way home from the hospital, and I'm going to throw my grandma under the bus here, but she was like, you know, she goes through like the regrets of things that perhaps he could have done. And I was just like, he was surrounded by love. His hospital or his room in hospice was filled with, he, he was into playing the drums his whole life. And his bandmates came and hung photos from him and playing with his bandmates throughout, you know, 15 Aww. years. And I thought, isn't that a life well lived? Didn't, you know, job title, who cares? Isn't that a life well lived? Um, I guess that, that leads me to the question of you and I are talking about this and I feel excited and I'm like, oh, I just want to go out and live, but I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning and like reality will hit. <laughs> right. At what, I feel like fear holds us back. How do we break through that fear? Well, Oh my goodness, you figure that one out and write it in your next book, sweetie. You will I was going to say, like, I'm <laughs> an impossible question. Like, can you just solve everything for us, please? <laughs> um, I think sometimes stepping out of what we're comfortable with, because, again, I'm going to use the example of traveling alone. And yes, I'm safe and I have all those things and I'm, I'm aware of my surroundings and I'm not making stupid choices, mm-hmm. but it would be easier to just stay and not go out of your comfort zone or not try something new or not do something that might initially feel uncomfortable because you're afraid of what the consequences might be. Mm. because what's the worst case scenario? Try something, you don't like it, you go back to what's familiar and true. Yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, that's that's the very abridged version, but I think we're and and I'm not in any way, shape, or form. I'm I'm at a point in my life where my my sons are grown men and I've I've lived, you know, I I have choice. I'm able to make choices now that I may not have been able to make with my younger self. So I'm sure there are people listening that are saying, I have a job, I have a mortgage, my children need me. That's all well and good, but you can, and it's important, it's vital, but you can still find some little part of that day that's all yours. If it means you have to get up 15 minutes earlier or you have to spend a longer time, you know, in in the bathroom hiding from your children. I know that sounds silly, but truly it's it's that self-care in the true sense of the word to be able to say, what do I really want? And what step, one little tiny baby step do I need to take towards that? I think both of the things that you said are true because you also, besides, yes, you're in a place in your life where you can make these, some of these choices, but you have this tremendous courage, I think, to do what you're doing and you're very modest about it. But you touched on something that I've been contemplating a little bit more lately. So I, I work for an organization that supports people with Parkinson's and their loved ones. And sometimes I'll be, you know, I'm part of my responsibility as the, the social media uh, for what we call care partners. So spouses or adult children or, or loved ones of someone with Parkinson's who often have a lot of the care responsibility, especially as the disease progresses. And I'll, I'll do like a, a fun Monday post that's inspirational. And, but I also always wonder, I'm like, oh, my overriding or denying their experience in the sense of like, uh, I'm like, I don't even know how to word this, that when I ask them to like find moments of joy in your day today, sometimes I think, oh, I'm coming from such a privileged place that like, I have the luxury of telling you that you can find joy. And yet you seem to be saying that, no, that is vital and that we all can do it regardless of the circumstances. And it's almost how we, it's what nourishes us. It's how we get through Yes. And it's not, I think everybody wants to be seen for what they're going through in their life. Mm -hmm. They need that validation. We all need it. We all need to know that someone understands. And I think when you are saying, take care of yourself, you're saying it in a place of, or find that joy or take Mm -hmm. five minutes for yourself you're doing it in a way of saying, I can see what you're going through right now. And mm-hmm. please know that this is what I have to offer you. I doesn't feel that it's a coming from a place of privilege. And I think sometimes I worry that we're becoming too concerned mm. at the cost of truly being able to be there for each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does that make any sense? Yeah, I feel like we are in some ways policing each other. Yes. Like walking on eggshells of what we're allowed to say and what we're not allowed to say. I had a a conversation recently with uh, a couple in in the Bay Area who are doing some health equity work and they're, they're both black individuals. And I was asking them, like they were describing circumstances that they have to go through. And I said something like, isn't that infuriating? And, and the, the husband sort of laughed at me and he's like, you're asking me what it's like to be black in America. And I was like, oh no, I'm so sorry. Like, you know, like I'm impatient. Mm-hmm. 
he was like, no, no, like ask. Cause I felt, you know, it's his, resp- like now I'm making his responsibility to educate me. But if we don't ask, we're never building the bridges and we can't imagine what it's like to be in someone else's shoes because we're so afraid to have the conversation. Right. And asking from a true place of wanting to know. Yes. And if it is, is such, I, I can't think of a better way to do that because you're not judging you're not trying to you know cover what you're you're just saying I want to understand more Mm -hmm. there's a a woman I think the world ever she works at a a college in the northeast and her job is to diversities uh and and all of these things we're about the same age and she's a, a black woman and I will call her and I'll say can I say this and how do I ask And she said to me once, she said, Denise, be honest, be true, speak from your heart. That's all you need to worry about. Mm -hmm. And I think that's true. But I think people are very sensitive. And I appreciate that. And I respect that immensely. We're, We're trying to, we're trying so beautifully and miserably to step into this new existence without a guidebook Mm. and we have a foot in both worlds right now yeah but i i love that you you felt comfortable asking your folks in the bay area i'm I'm grateful that they created this space for it and and you said without a guidebook and i agree and and yet i'm also like because we are each other's guidebook and (laughs) and that's why we do need to get closer uh to each other but but don't you think it really comes back to respecting respecting the individual mm. and it, you know it, it's not and we can it sounds almost um silly to say oh it does it's not about color or creed or this or that but truly if you are dealing with an individual person and i've i've said this to to my son <laughs> and can i swear on the show oh, go I for it. Oh, oh no i was just gonna say you know it really comes down to Am I being kind and doing the right thing? Or am I being an ass? If you can answer that question, then there's your answer. Mm. And, and it really does. It covers everything. <laughs> that, that, that is the kind. No, it, it sort of comes back to what we were saying earlier in the conversation at the beginning of, I feel like it's connected to showing up authentically when you're authentic as who you are. I'm hoping you're not showing up as an ass. I feel like, I feel yes. like. And seeing someone else authentically and who they are, and then you can have that communing and that honesty, and it will be felt that it's coming from this place of sincerity and true, uh, I guess, wanting to commune, wanting to understand and not from any other motive. But don't you think it also allows us to be that individual soul light that came onto the planet with our unique thumbprint? If yeah. we are feeling seen and valued for exactly who we are, not what our education level is or our address or our heritage or any of that stuff. If we're really standing in who we came here to be, I think that would be amazing. Mm. I'm wondering if you come across this in your work, you talk to so many different people. If you find yourself in worlds or in people's lives, essentially that might at first feel different or unfamiliar and sort of building that bridges. I know, at least for me, like even on this podcast, I've spoken to so many 
formerly incarcerated individuals. And sometimes at first, like it sounds like we're speaking a different language. Um, and yet when we're both coming from this place of truth and love, that there's this bridge, no matter how we're speaking or what our background is. Do you find that sometimes in your work too? Every day. Yeah. Every single day. But what I love is that the cord that brings us together as human beings is the same base level for everybody. Mm. It It is. But even if you look at just the States, and I know you have a global podcast, but just the United States, the regional differences, the dialects, the mannerisms, the, so we're all in, in this country, but if you, I used to say this when I was uh, teaching and moving around a lot and someone said, well, how can you leave these kids and go somewhere else? I said, because kids are the same wherever you go. The only thing different is the accent and the hat. <laughs> and it's true. But then when you get into the, the belief system in the deep South, versus the Pacific Northwest. Mm -hmm. It's like you're in a completely different country, planet, but when you get right down to it, people grieve the same, they love the same, they worry the same, they fear mm. the same. Mm. That's so beautiful. People grieve the same, love the same, all of, all of that. Uh, it just feels like, um, like I don't even have the language this reminder of our interconnectedness, I think it's when we can start seeing people as human beings more than just this stereotype, a number or something disconnected from ourselves. And that's why, and I know you host a podcast too. I believe in the power of stories. I believe in the power yes. of getting to share people's disparate voices because what might at first seem unfamiliar, suddenly we notice ourselves in someone else. And that story connects us in a way that I don't think anything else can. You, I agree with you implicitly. Mm -hmm. And it's sometimes what's interesting is the people you least expect to share your story are the yeah. ones who understand it the best. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I've got, I think, one more question for you. I say, I think, because I always say one more. <laughs> <nothing> more but <laughs> when you were, my, actually, my, my last question for you is, when you're in a space that either feels nebulous or still unclear, like you're in that space where you haven't quite shaken off all the cobwebs, there's still that stagnancy. What helps you reemerge into your joy, into your light? I think sometimes we just have to sit in it. Mm -hmm. We just have to let it pass. We have to, because it big, I'm trained as a behaviorist and I always think there's a, a catalyst for a behavior, but I think sometimes we have to go into that cave, into that reflective place, into that place of unknowing in order to get that clarity to say, okay, now I'm ready for something new. Mm -hmm. When I left my professional job, I struggled with that for a long time. And then I finally said, life is too short. I have to make these changes in my life because if we don't, but by giving yourself the space to say, I don't know right now, or I'm unsure, and it might take two weeks, it might take two months, it might take two hours, we don't know. But then we're, we're allowing ourselves to go within and get that clarity that we need to make those decisions that will help us move forward with our own unique path, not the one we think we're supposed to be on. That's just my own opinion about it. 
Oh, please share your opinion anytime. Uh, I, every time I talk to you, you're just, uh, I feel like a blessing to me and a blessing to everyone who gets to listen. And I, I should just tell everyone listening now that normally when I do these podcast conversations, I have video on so we can both look at each other and sort of see when the other person's going to finish talking and enjoy each other's facial expressions. But I forced you to put your camera <laughs> off today, <laughs> not because I said I don't want to see your face, but because I wanted the the pleasure and privilege of hearing your voice and feeling the energy. And it's been such a treat to be in that energy. Well, I love, love, love talking with you because it raises my heart. It raises my energy. And I think the more real conversations we can have, not to make it subjective, with each other is, is a beautiful, beautiful gift and key to being able to appreciate who we are and what we came here to do. So mm -hmm. thank you and keep, please keep doing what you're doing because you are amazing. Oh, <laughs> I absolutely feel the same way about you. And I don't know how I got so lucky to have you in my life. Well, talk about serendipitous spirit knew what knew. They said, all <laughs> right, we're going to line this up and we're going <laughs> to have this happen. So I think for anyone that is listening that, you just really are shining a light for people to see other aspects of what the world is about, which is you label it as I'm curious, but you're, you're lighting the way for a lot of people. Mm, thank you. I'm going to hand this off to our viewers now to leave, hopefully reinvigorated and inspired. And Denise, we're going to get to, I'll, I'll get to see your face for a moment. So I'll leave it there. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you very much, Ashley. I need to know everything. Who and the what and the where I need everything. Trust me, I hear what you're saying, but I like it's new what you're telling me. I'm curious, George. I hop in the Porsche. five and a horse. I'm ready for war. I'm coming for throws to turn to a ghost. I need to know everything. Now you be surprised at the info you get is by letting them talk, so I'm letting them talk. Gotta keep quiet, maneuver in science, then let them in talk up their body, another one body, that's just how it go. I got some secrets, I'm shaking the game so they stay on their toes. Stay in your lane, I to stay on the go. I can't play with the pros and act like a rookie, so they overlook me. Then I double up again, none of their nose, none of them cold. They just got lucky but never adapted, so I'm to the one if it's coming to blows. My enemies cutting it close, I let them think that they got me, but what do you know? I had them beat before we ever spoke, I'm ready for smoke. I need to know everything, who and the what and the where I need everything Trust me, I hear what you're saying, but I like it's new what you're telling me I'm curious, George, I hop in the Porsche, five and a horse, I'm ready for war I'm coming for throws to turn to a ghost